Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew departs from our normal Bible series to bring you a special Easter Day message entitled, Jesus Lives for Us. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Matthew chapter 28. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Jesus lives for us. He lived for us. He died for us. He now lives for us. Jesus Christ is risen indeed from the dead. He lives for us. And because he lives, we will live also. For he said... I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies physically. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die eternally. We know that Jesus himself prophesied about his violent death and miraculous resurrection on the third day according to the scriptures. You remember someone in California some time ago predicting the end of the world in 1994. You know California is the fertile ground for cults and heresies. And so he predicted the end of the world It didn't happen. So what did he do? Did he repent? No. He predicted the end of the world again to take place on October 21, 2011, three years from now. If one's prediction does not come true, he is a false prophet and be treated as such. But the prediction of Jesus came true. The Jews handed him over to the Romans. Pilate handed him over to be crucified. Yet he was handed over, we are told by St. Peter in Acts 2, to be crucified by God's set purpose and foreknowledge to make atonement for our sins. The Romans crucified him. Jesus died And his friends buried him in in a new tomb. And the Romans made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. But no matter, the Father raised Jesus on the third day through the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. The angel said to the women, He is not here. He is risen. Come and see the place where he lay. And go and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. And is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Then the risen Jesus himself met them and said, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. St. Paul tells us Jesus died. What's the purpose? For our sins, 
and Jesus was raised for our justification. The resurrection of Jesus proves, number one, the Son of God was sinless in his being and actions. Number two, his sacrificial atonement for our sins has been accepted by the Father. So everyone who believes in him will be saved, forgiven, and justified forever that they may enjoy eternal life. Saul of Tarsus was an enemy of Jesus and his disciples. He persecuted them and even murdered some of them. But the reason Jesus appeared to him, forgave all his sins and commissioned him to be his apostle. Saul of Tarsus believed in the incredible truth. Stephen and others declared that Jesus Christ lived, that he died, he was buried, he was risen and reigned supreme. Let us listen to his own statement as revealed in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and beginning with verse 3. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve after that he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers at the same time most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep then he appeared to James then to all apostles and last of all he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born of all religions of the world only the founder of Christianity was crucified dead and was raised from the dead. Therefore, Christianity alone saves sinners from their sins by grace, by the atonement of another God-man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I said Jesus predicted his own violent death, burial, and resurrection. And I said his prediction came true within a few days of his prophecy. Therefore, all what Jesus taught is true. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. A Gentile jailer asked in panic at midnight, what must I do to be saved? And St. Paul answered, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. The jailer believed he and his household were saved that very night from their sins and from God's wrath. A dead Jesus needs salvation. But a recent Jesus, we are told, became life-giving spirit and so saves all those who trust in him even this resurrection morning, he is here to save 
people. Let me speak to you from our text as found in Romans 8, 9 through 11. The epistle of Romans is a presentation of this gospel. The gospel of God's Son, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that declares Jesus Christ's defeat of death, Jesus Christ's resurrection. St. Paul says in Romans 8, 1, there is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For God triune has accomplished what we could not by our own self-righteousness of keeping the law. God the Father has saved us through his Son, one and only Son by the Holy Ghost. God the Father, we are told, condemned sin, our sin, in another, in the incarnate Son. If you read Romans 8, 1 through 4. God the Father sent his own Son into this world in the likeness of sinful flesh. That simply means Son became human, yet sinless in his person and life. If Jesus asked, who can convict me of sin? No one. He said, I always do what pleases my Father. Then we read, he was sent by the Father, perihamatias, for sin. What does that mean? To deal with sin and death by making atonement by his death, as we read in Isaiah 53. And Holy Spirit applies to every elect sinner this salvation God planned and Son accomplished. So we read in Romans 8 and verse 2, the law of the spirit of life, spirit who is life and who gives life. The law of the spirit of life set me free once for all from the law of sin and death. Romans 7 ended by asking this profound question, who will deliver me from this body of death? The answer is the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life has set you free and set me free from the law of sin and eternal death. And then we read, the righteous requirement of the law is fully met in us. Now what does that mean? It means we are justified forever. And we are therefore also being sanctified we read in verse 4 of Romans 8, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Let me tell you, friends, all people fall into two categories. What Paul calls katasarka and katapnuma. According to the flesh, those who live according to the flesh, and those who live according to the Holy Spirit. Flesh people are those under the power of sin without any influence 
of the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you, their life ends in death eternal. And we are told they always think evil. They are always thinking how to sin. Their thought life demonstrates their enmity toward God. And the Bible says these people do not obey God's law. They cannot obey God's law. There is a moral inability to sinners to obey God's law. And then Paul says they cannot please God. But they please the devil by pleasing themselves by choosing a hedonistic life. But there is the other group. They are people who walk according to the Holy Spirit. These are people whom the triune God saves. And we are told they are not in the flesh. They are not controlled by sin. They are under the control of the Spirit of God. And what about their mind? Their mind thinks what the Holy Spirit desires. They, in other words, study the Bible diligently. And we are told their life is not death, but life eternal. And they enjoy peace with God and peace with man. And they are not enemies of God, but children of God, friends of God. And we are told they obey God's law gladly. And they are made able to obey God's law. They are given moral ability by the Spirit of God. And then we are told they please God. What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So look at verse 9 of chapter 8. You, however, are controlled not by flesh, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you, and so on. So friends, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, who lived for us, died for us, and lives for us, then you are not in the flesh. You are contrasted. You live in the spirit. You are not controlled by sin. You do not live to please yourselves. You are different. You are, we are told, in pneumatic, in the Holy Spirit. God translated you from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. We have been taken out of that realm of the flesh and placed in an entirely different realm. It is the realm of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God. You are in the Holy Spirit. We are in the sphere of the Spirit. We are in the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we read it, not only we are in God, the Holy Spirit, we are in Christ. Look at verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. By faith, by faith, 
we link ourselves with Jesus Christ. And we are in God the Father. We are baptized, remember, into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The triune God is responsible for our eternal salvation. Friends, we are in. We are in, sir. We are not outside, we are in, in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we have security. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor anything else in all creation. No Satan, no demon, no sin, no Caesar is able to separate us from the love of God. Not only we are in the Holy Spirit. Read it. Holy Spirit dwells in us permanently. The distinction between a saint and a sinner is that in the saint, Holy Spirit dwells. How can the infinite dwell in the finite? It is a mystery. And yet it is true, sir. Believe it, sir. It is true that Holy Spirit dwells in us. God the Father dwells in us. God the Son dwells in us. As God dwelt in the tabernacle and the temple, the Holy Spirit dwells in the church and in every true believer. And the Holy Spirit gives new birth. Without new birth of the Holy Spirit, no one can see or enter into the kingdom of God. Yes, he regenerates us. He applies Christ's redemption in two stages. First, he makes us, Holy Spirit makes us, who were dead, who were in the flesh, who were enemies of God. Yes, he makes us alive toward God. So that we repent and believe in Jesus Christ. He makes us alive. The Spirit of God indwells in us. That means He rules from within us. He teaches us the truth of Christ. He guides us the way we should go. As many as are being led by the Spirit, they and they alone are the sons of God. He gives us Holy Ghost power to will and to do the will of God. He distributes spiritual gifts to us for the edification of the church. He produces the fruit of the Spirit within us. Love, joy, peace, self-control, and so on. We as God's people live under his beneficent rule. As Obedidim and his family lived when the ark was placed in his house. The presence of God in the ark had just killed Uzzah for his impiety. Yet God blessed Obedidim and his household and everything he owned. What a blessing. Spiritual, physical, and temporal blessing. Come to us when God dwells in our house of our body. In our heart and in our church. And so we read when not two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst to bless you, to heal you, to save you, to comfort you, to guide you. This is joy unspeakable and full of glory. But let me tell you in Romans 7, 17 and 20 we are told sin also dwells within us. But the Spirit of God is infinite. 
sin is not infinite. He dwells in us and wages a war against sin. And the spirit wins always. Isn't that wonderful that we don't have to fight against sin in our own strength? We do fight, but fight with the Holy Spirit. It is not just myself fighting against sin. It is God and I, and God always wins. So look at verse 13 of uh, Romans 8. It says, for if you live according to the sinful nature, you die. But if by the Spirit, if by the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you live. We are soldiers. We fight and we wage war by killing sins in the power of the Holy Spirit. Read Galatians 5:14 and uh, through 18. There also we are told there is a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. And if you walk according to the spirit, you will not fulfill the desire of the flesh. Thank God! For Holy Ghost indwelling in me and making me able to fight and wage a war and defeat sin. And we are told in Ephesians 2 and verse 22 that the church is the habitation of God where Holy Spirit dwells. Yes, friends, we are in the Spirit and Holy Spirit dwells in us. And without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, none of this would have happened. Jesus rose from the death. Dead, death is defeated. Satan is defeated. Sin is defeated. The world is defeated. God's justice is satisfied in the death of God's Son. Salvation is accomplished. We are in God. And God dwells in us permanently. And not only the Spirit dwells in us. Father and the Son also dwells in us in the Holy Spirit. And go home and read John 14, verse 21 and 23, that guarantees that the Son and the Father will come and dwell in us and show themselves to us. That should be a pretty good show. That should satisfy us and fill us with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you go and read Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. It also speaks about Christ dwelling in us. If triune God dwells in us, then we live a victorious Christian life, not a depressed and deplorable life. Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 37, but in all these things, in all these troubles, in all these things, we continually become, and he says, super victorious through him who loved us. Young people, get up and fight. Understand, Christ is risen and his power of resurrection is unleashed to us by the Holy Ghost who lives in us. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith in Jesus Christ who died and rose again. They overcame him, we are told, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we are to resist the devil and he shall flee from you. Christ lived for us. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ rules the world for us. 
And we are told God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the benefit of the church, for you and for me. And what else we are seated with him. We rule and reign with him also. So, friends, resist sin, devil, the world. It's atheism and immorality. Confessing daily, Christ lived for me. Christ died for me. Christ rose for me. Christ reigns for me. We live and we reign with him. The resurrection power is for us. Turn with me to uh, the book of Ephesians. And let me quickly read it to you. So you can go and eat your food without guilt. And we are told in Ephesians 1 verse 19. God wants our eyes of the heart being enlightened. That we may know his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power is like the working of his mighty strength. Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And not only that, look at chapter 3, verse 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. God, the spirit of God dwells in us. He makes us alive and he gives us power. Look at verse 20 of chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within every true Christian, sir. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so chapter 6 of Ephesians, we read, beginning with verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, that you may wrestle against all wickedness in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yes, friends, fellow saints, in Christ, we not just exist, we reign, we rule. Read Romans 5, 17, it it says, death reigns in unbelievers. And 5.21, we read, sin reigns in unbelievers. Then we read, grace reigns in us. And Romans 5.17, we read, we ourselves reign and rule even now. Let me read it to you. Chapter 5, verse 17. Oh, you should memorize it. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace, that's speaking about us, and of the gift of righteousness, the imputed righteousness of Christ, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. We reign. We resist the devil. We overcome the devil. We become super victorious in every situation. I said the Holy Spirit applies to us the full salvation. Salvation of our spirit and salvation of our dying body. So let's read verse 10 of chapter 8. It says, but if Christ is in you, Christ is in you, your body is dead. Your body is dead, but your spirit, 
because of sin but your spirit is alive because of righteousness if Christ is in you on the one hand the body is dead no I don't have to give you proof for that you just take one look at your body and tell me that it is not dying and will die these bodies have seeds of death in them the first breath you take is also one of the last breaths you take it is appointed for man once to die we die because of Adam's one sin and we are dying now and we shall die so Paul cries out in 724 who will deliver me from the body of this death friends we will experience pain, misery, arthritis, kidney failures, cancers, blindness, hard of hearing, heart attacks, and finally we die. And they will bury you far from your home. But he says in verse 10, death is not our ultimate destiny. It is the destiny only of those who are not in Christ by faith. Our ultimate destiny is eternal life, fullness of life, of, of spirit and body. The indwelling spirit is life who gave spiritual life to us. The first installment of our salvation. What God begins, he also completes. He began his life-giving work in regeneration and he shall complete his work of applying redemption to us by raising us from the dead. Greeks despised the body and gloried in the immortality of soul. But we glory in God's full redemption which includes the resurrection of our bodies. Yes, on the one hand, body is dead because of sin. But spirit, Holy Spirit is life. That's what the text says. Because of the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. That is because of our justification. That is justitia aliena. An alien righteousness imputed to us. Therefore we live spiritually and we live physically forever so now read chapter 8 and verse 11 and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life make alive your mortal bodies through his indwelling spirit Oh, I didn't tell you the bad news. Uh, the good news is Jesus rose from the dead. The bad news is it is going to take a little more time today. <laughs> That's the bad news. What can you do? <laughs> but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, God's incarnate son, who lived, died, buried, and raised, and reigning, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead shall make alive your mortal bodies by his indwelling spirit in you. Here is guaranteed the second installment of salvation to everyone in whom Holy Spirit dwells. 
God the Father guarantees our resurrection. God the Son guarantees our resurrection. God the Holy Spirit guarantees it. Now let me read to you 2 Corinthians. Here is St. Paul who was dying. Let me read to you verse Saint Paul, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 14. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. And now, verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. Yes, body is dying and will die. But we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Speaking about the glorious resurrection and the glorious body. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. The same idea is there. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Yes, Father raises, but the Son also raises. All three persons of the Godhead are committed to our total and full salvation. So 1 Corinthians 15, beginning with verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. If there is first fruit, then there is a harvest. That's the idea. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus Christ. For us in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn, Christ, the first fruits, then those who belong to him. At his coming. And you read First Corinthians John 6. Four times Jesus says, I will raise them up on the last day. Father raises up, Son raises up, and the Holy Spirit raises up. Ephesians 1:13 and 14. The Spirit of God is given to us as a deposit guarantee our full salvation eventuating in the resurrection of the body. God triune shall deliver us from the body of death. The resurrection of Christ guarantees our bodily resurrection. Understand, Christ and his people are linked. He rose so that we will be raised. And so in Romans 8, look at verse 17. Here is the statement about our resurrection. Now, if we are children, then heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Right there. And chapter 8, verse 23, it says, Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption Ah, sons, what is it? The redemption of our body. There is a groaning within us. And look at verse 30 of Romans 8. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. It is so certain he puts it in the past tense. He has done it. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
That's why Jesus said, be not afraid. Let me ask you the question. Salvation cannot come to you unless you are united with him who is life. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Salvation cannot come to you unless you are in Christ. Are you belonging to Christ? Or put it another way, is his spirit dwells in you? This is the ultimate test of a Christian. His Holy Spirit dwells in you, ruling your life, guiding you, teaching you, empowering you, granting you victory. If this is true, friends, fear not. Fear not death that is going to come to you. Because we are told for a Christian death is far better. It is blessing. It is gain. It is going to paradise. It is going to be with the Lord. Three degrees of enjoyment of our salvation. First here and now. Second when we die. And third at the resurrection we shall enjoy eternal life to the fullest. To the third degree. Jesus Christ became a life-giving spirit. Adam became a living soul, but Jesus Christ became a life-giving spirit. And he said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That speaks about resurrection. Resurrection. Abundant living. He gives life to our spirit. He gives to life to our body also. And when we see him, we shall be like him. Like Jesus Christ. With a physical body. A spirit engineered body. Called spiritual body. A glorious body. An immortal body. A powerful body. Jesus Christ by his life and death. Brought life and immortality to light. To us. So don't worry about the pain and the misery and the cancer and all that. We'll pray for you, but maybe he will heal you or maybe you will die. But don't worry, sir. Jesus Christ is risen. And your life is tied up with his life by faith. So rejoice, saints of God. You are in the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Christ permanently dwells in you. Holy Spirit is life. He applies Christ's life in its fullness to us in two stages. First stage is already done. And the second stage is coming. And his presence in you guarantees our final resurrection. Think about that. The Holy Spirit will make us fit to live in a new heaven and new earth in God's presence where there shall be no more sin, no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no more sorrow, but life, life, life forevermore. If you are not in Christ, oh, if you are not in Christ, (laughs) you are dead. And you are looking forward to eternal death. Let me read to you what Jesus himself said. God is going to raise up everybody. Everyone. Believer and believer. Everyone will be raised up. 
Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. So I plead with you, those who are not in Christ, be in Christ. Cry out and say, what must I do to be saved? And the simple answer is, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Holy Spirit shall regenerate you, indwell you, and raise you up. Now, if you consider resurrection of Jesus Christ is very important, and you, if you have benefited by his resurrection, Let's praise the Lord. Friends, he lived for me, he died for me, and he lives for me. And he changed my view on death. It is better. It is profit. It is paradise. It is presence of God. Hallelujah. Fear not, friends. I believe some of you are going to die this year. (laughs) Some maybe next year. But in few years, if God doesn't come, we all die. So what? I believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe in the resurrection of the body. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to rejoice because Christ is risen. Lord, we pray that you save those who are outside of Christ. You are the only one who can bring them inside Christ. Save all people. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio with this special Easter Day's message entitled, Jesus Lives for Us. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 